and welcome to the other side of midnight. I'm Keith Morgan. I'm going to be your host for the night. We're just having some internet problems. And we had a big issue with our website earlier this week, starting on Wednesday. And I was working frantically along with uh, Robert Grasso, and we were trying to get this squared away. But we got most of the bugs worked out. Still kind of delicate going on right now. But um, other than that, uh, we got a, I got stuff together because I had to redo pages and some other things in order to get us on the air tonight. And um, I'm kind of glad I was able to get back back to normal. Anyway, our guest for tonight is going to be Jonathan Womack. Uh, Jonathan has been working with Utah um, and a lot of the artifacts there that are just not natural stuff. And I, I kind of showed Jonathan a picture that I took my wife in the foreground and these objects in the background up on the top of this mesa. And one looked like a bus of Nefertiti. The other one looked like a pedestal that was a vertical column that was with square corners and edges. And it was part of the front of the mesa right next to the bus of Nefertiti. And years later down the road, looking at it, and I saw this vertical pillar standing on its own little pedestal, and I showed it to Jonathan. And the next thing I know, he's sending a picture back to me, and there's this bird head etched into the side of the mesa to the right of that. And I didn't see that. And I was I was astonished. I was like, wow, here's confirmation that you got four out-of-place artifacts in one photograph. So what we're going to be talking about tonight is a lot of the stuff that John Jonathan's uncovered, uh, all kinds of alignments, uh, structures, things that just do not fit the norm of being natural. And I'm going to try to talk about a few things. Uh, come of the pictures that I took. Um, if you go to the other side of midnight.com and you go to our show page for tonight and you look at uh, the first items, this is actually my items, you'll find that there's a, um, there's a, a whole bunch of things that, just are out of place, especially in my section. When you look there, you're going to see the first item is actually not in Utah. It's a picture that's actually showing um, inside of a cave or area that uh, Barry Goldberg actually took a picture of. And I noticed something on the wall and that's very intriguing, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. So we can go straight to 1B. When that monolith showed up in uh, Utah, the silvery pillar, that triangular-shaped pillar, everybody flocked into that area, and they said, oh, isn't this interesting? And, and nobody looked at the artwork that was on the walls around them. And I'm like, how can you go into an area like that and not notice the strange artwork on the walls? And one of the walls had, in 1B, this little owl sitting up on this ledge. 
And if you click on the picture, it'll get bigger. And you can see the owl sitting on the edge, the ledge. But then on the right side on the wall, you'll see what looks like a caterpillar with a face and antenna sticking up out of it. And then you see these red, dark red streaks coming down the side. That's, that's not water runoff. That is paint. And nobody knows this kind of stuff. Anyway, I'm going to jump through this real quick. But then <clears throat> other things started showing up. If we go down to 2A, this is the picture I took that um, has the bust of Nefertiti up in the top, the pillar with the little stem sticking out the top of it that looks like there was a head on it. And then down below, there is that pillar that I noticed years later after I'd taken this picture. And I thought it was attached to the back wall. But then I found another picture later that actually showed I was closer looking up at it, and it was disconnected from the back wall. And Jonathan Womack actually went in, and he used Google Earth to look at that from the back, from that mesa behind it. And this thing is like yards away from that back wall, standing out at the edge all by its lonesome. It doesn't look like something natural. And then to the right, you'll see the bird head. I call it the Womack bird because Jonathan discovered that because that just blew me away when he, he put that out there. I was like, wow, I, you can't have four out-of-place artifacts in one photograph like that. And the 2B is the one that has where I extruded the, the images. And all I did was use Microsoft, um, I forgot which, uh, 3D uh, paint, I think it was called. And I just put a, a rectangle around it and said, okay, you know, separate this. And those, the way those came out is exactly how you see them. I did not try to trace or cut and make sure, you know, they made this. I just put a box around it and it extruded it just the way you see them, uh, which tells me that if artificial intelligence, the program, could extrude these things, it must see the same thing that I'm seeing. Uh, 3B, 3A, excuse me, 3A through 3C, 3E, that is the area in Utah where the silver triangular pillar is at. And the first thing in 3A, when I saw that, I said, what, nobody sees the freaking puma head sticking out the side of the wall over there? My wife says it looks like a dinosaur. Hoagland says it looks like a dinosaur, but it looks like a puma head to me. You got the eye, you got the mouth, and you click on it, it'll get bigger. You can zoom in on it. But then on the left side, there was something that caught my eye, and and there's this wide-sweeping S-curve that comes down, and then there's some holes. And I couldn't make out what this was, but then later I saw what it was. 3B is a picture from Mars that uh, I believe it was uh, Perseverance took the picture of. And in that picture is what they call the balanced rock sitting on a sloping ledge. And that ledge that it's sitting on has right angles and straight lines and doesn't look like it's supposed to be there. But then to the right of that, 
there's this, I thought it looked like a snake head sticking out the side of the cliff. But then when I really got to look at it, it looks more like a badger's head. And if you really look closely, you'll see what looks like the paw down below coming out, going pointing towards the, the little balanced rock sitting on that sloping ledge. And I found that was very unusual. But this is the kind of stuff that we're not really looking at with a, a critical eye. In 3C, if you look at that, you're looking at the silver pillar again, the monolith we call it. And on the right side, where I couldn't figure out what that slope was, you see this big cat head. It looks like a big cat head, two eyes, nose, and it's etched into the wall. And it's bigger than the freaking puma head. And I'm going, this is crazy. Uh, 3D is I annotate what I'm what I'm pointing at. And then there's uh, 3E. And 3E shows the uh, these were um, forestry guys that were came into the area when all this stuff started up. And there's a huge rock on the right side. It doesn't look like it belonged there. It's got smooth curved edges. It looks like Egyptian type head or something. Oh, this place is littered with stuff. And if you look over to the right, you can see the cat head better. It's not as detailed when you're further away, but you can see the cat head etched into the wall on the right. It's huge in comparison to the guys that are there. And what else? So now, this is the stuff that caught my attention. Now, I'm going to bring our guest on, Jonathan Womack. And he's going to take you through the things that he discovered. And that stuff that he's been turning out has been blowing me away. I'm looking at all this going, there's no way this is all coincidence. So, Jonathan, uh would you like to guide us through this? Sure. Uh, I'll make a few comments about your pictures. Um, I've painted uh, a number of the photos you've taken, and uh, I, I just didn't have time to fit them in tonight, but uh, that time will come. So I remember seeing them for the first time and, and just looking at them going, gosh, that looks like a bird, and I see something. And now here we are today, and when I look at them, I think, how did I not see this stuff? Well, I just wasn't used to it, and you have to learn how to see this, and that's my job now. I, since I, I, I came to the realization that all of this artwork uh, that covers both the planet Mars and planet Earth, every square foot, um, it's this 3D-type art, and what happens is the sun moves across the sky, and you, if you're, you're standing in this canyon, let's say, um, you're going to see a, a scene unfold, and you have these characters, and they're doing things, and then the scene changes as the seasons pass. So it's this continuous, you know, it takes like a year for a, a story to unfold, and this is happening all over 
it's all over the earth. You, you go to Mount Sinai, um, for example, and same thing. There's all this uh, all this light play. So it's it's quite extraordinary. But if you're not used to looking at it, or, or you're not going to see it, and it, it does take a while to to sink in. But now that I have um, you know, the magic glasses on and I can see this stuff. Now it just, it pops out like it, it's a neon sign. So it's funny how things change and evolve. And what I, I'd like to mention in your picture, Keith, number 3A. Mm-hmm. Um, I told Richard on a previous show, I had an idea about who the people that set this monolith up, what their reason might have been their purpose and this kind of thing this is just because from what i've learned i can see what they're doing what they're i can tell they they've got a they've got a good clue they they don't quite get it because for one thing the ground should not be disturbed it's sculpted and it's full of glyphs and it's part of the art and it has lots of clues so to use a concrete saw and cut a space to put this monolith tells me something about these people but uh in 3a um if you look at the top middle of the picture you can see light coming through this slot and what i've found uh with the arches in the in the park and all over the world you have they fit into two categories you have the enclosed arch like delicate arch and where it's a, a closed aperture and then you have these open apertures. They're, they're like three-sided arches. One end, one side of it is open. And that's what we see here. And I've come to recognize um, the shapes of these arches are not random. They mean something. And in, <laughs> believe it or not, they're, they're like crests, sort of like a family crest or the presidential seal or something very recognizable in our galaxy to to the, the folks that travel from star system to star system and <clears throat> you know they go about the galaxy the galaxy is is an art gallery and <clears throat> so when they see these art shapes on the planets like earth they recognize it as the crest of these people uh, a certain family, and these are the main characters who are behind the construction of the planets and the sculpting of the planet. Um, so in 3A, like I said, that at the top of the picture where you see the sun coming through that slot, I, you know, now I instantly recognize that, and that's, um, for example, later in my slides, uh, we're going to go inside of a chamber inside Park Avenue. I call the Park Avenue end cap. And there's a, a huge um, archway there where the light comes in. It filters down 25 feet into this chamber that's inside the monument. And uh, that's the shape of the, the arch. So, Do you think it's uh, just coincidence that somebody pointed this triangular shaped pillar straight at that opening? No, they're trying to, uh, they're thinking of light. Um, 
what do you call celestial alignments. Uh, they want to see what the light, when the sun comes up, uh, this would, the sun would be coming up in, in the morning in the east here. We're looking, it would come right up there on a particular day. Um, alignments happen every day, but of course you have these major alignments on the solstice and the equinox. Uh, so the sun would come up there. There's also the uh, the mountain in the background, the, that mesa you see in the way in the background there. Yeah, that's all sculpted. I've actually painted. Uh, again, I didn't have time to include this tonight, but wait till you see this area when um, it's enhanced and you can see what's there without having to get the magic glasses. <laughs> um, it's so beautiful and stunning and wonderful. Um, so I believe these folks were trying to measure celestial alignments of, uh, solar alignments anyway, of the sun coming up and what happens when it shines through this slot, because that is a sun slot. And these three-sided apertures and also the arches that are an enclosed opening, both of these function as prisms and they send the light, they're bending the light, and they're sending it different places. Uh, they're like beam splitters, they're splitting up the light into different frequencies, and they're sending it here and there. And um, before I get ahead of myself, let's go to my item, my first item, item zero, Anunnaki creation myth. I've used this slide before. Again, just to, just to remind people that um, sort of put this into scale, what we have is uh, if you were an alien coming into our planetary system and you fly by Earth, um, the aliens have magic glasses. They can see all the stuff that humans uh, cannot see um, with all the light going on. But um, they would recognize all this. And here we see uh, planet Earth and we have the uh, Pacific, or I'm sorry, Atlantic Ocean and on the right uh, along the African West Coast, I guess is. You should be able to pick out a sort of sea green. I've highlighted it in this kind of sea green color. This is the mother reptoid. Um, I'm calling her Queen Hera. And she's, uh, their mouths are always sculpted in a certain way. They're either singing or they're breathing this creation dust or mist or fire the dragons are always breathing this dragon breath uh, it's all about creating and so you can see the mother reptoid there and then in the kind of purpley color you can see a more humanoid face um, side profile again and looking to the left and his mouth is also he's breathing out and out of his mouth is coming slinky who <laughs> he's all over the earth these are main characters that come you get to they start popping out at you and and these main characters are featured around the earth and i'm going to start giving these people some of them i've given names um like the the guy who manages the portals uh, i call him dr strange and i will be showing him to you uh, in the next show that Keith and I are going to do called Arches of the Gods, where I, I take us through 
what the arches are and some of the things that they're doing and uh, how they're powered and so forth. But uh, yeah, Slinky's coming out of their mouth and, and Slinky is blowing also. And you've got um, South America coming out of Slinky's mouth. So there's this whole creation story that is told. And um, so as we near, as we descend toward the planet, you start seeing all the art within the art, within the art, and right down to ground level. So it's, it's really magical how you can park yourself, let's say, five miles above Arches Park and just look around and just um, immerse yourself in what they have created. It, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's so fantastic. So let's go to item number one. Uh, Dogon Dragon Composite. Um, oh, what did I click on? Uh, let's see. To enlarge. Okay. Yeah, a reptoid head on Earth, a reptoid head on Mars. This shape is all over the Earth. Um, mountains, so many mountains, and you see this Dogon head or whatever, whoever this person is, this is a main character. And at the bottom of this image, I have, uh, you can see like in red, um, this is Park Avenue where you park your car and you start walking down into Park Avenue. Uh, but in red and also on the bottom right in yellow, you can see the Dogon head and you got you always have the, the mom and the dad, and then you'll have the kid or the kids. Uh, let's see. And then I made, uh, there's a link there to a, a YouTube clip I made. And what the clip is showing is a bright spot on this part of Park Avenue. They're everywhere. They're all over the Southwest and probably all over the earth in these uh, mountainous artistic areas and what's happening because I was trying to figure out what the light was doing the light is this matrix of oh my god if you put on the glasses and you look you're like oh my god what the and so I'm I'm always asking you know the ether or these these people who did this because uh, they, they're in a higher dimension than us here on Earth. And um, so I'm like, what is going on here? So it came to me that what they're doing with the light and the energy is creating... The planet isn't just an art sculpture. They turn it into a living being, and they use the light. The light is creating a type of intelligence... Uh, instead of artificial intelligence like we have here, it's natural intelligence technology. Or maybe you could call it thought tech, because this is providing a matrix for thought and awareness. You know, I, I've read about clouds being aware that clouds have consciousness before they turn into like a thunderstorm and they discharge their electricity. Um, so... In this video clip here that, that shows this as just a four foot kind of square hole cut into the, the rock and it lights up in the morning and at night and it catches the light. 
So what it's doing is it's heating up the, it's doing a lot of things. It's heating up the rock. It's also lighting up the interior of the monument where there's passageways and chambers. Which um, number are we looking at? Uh, still we're on number one, one uh, B crown chakra. I, I'm talking about this clip I made, and it's just to show how there's all these spots where they, they're heating up these monuments. And it reminds me of Victor uh, Schalberger, I think is how you say his name. He was a forester who was born in Germany in 1890. And he saw how water, he saw the water and what it was doing, and that the water creates an electrical charge when you have different temperatures in the water. This part's a little colder than this part over here. And this is flowing over here. And you got a little uh, kind of whirlpool over here. And he came to find out that uh, you have this electrical charge in the water. Now, you're not going to get shocked if you get in the water, but the water is charged. And so is the rock. The rock is made of you know, th this type of rock um, is used for a particular reason because of its composition. One of the things it has is uh, called calcite, and the calcite is the bones of the rock. It holds the rock together. It's like calcium in our bodies. And when the calcite gravity has a detrimental effect on it, so after, you know, 150 million years or so, the calcite breaks down and then you have these arches start to collapse and that's what we're seeing. So there's, there's some urgency to get this. I, I feel some urgency to get this out there. Um, so people understand what's there and we can start preserving this uh, better. Uh, but yeah, what they're doing with the light and the stone are creating electrical charge in the stone and then they try, and it's creating this earth consciousness. It's, it's really mind blowing. Um, let's go to item number two and uh, just an untouched photo looking down at Park Avenue. And then in number three, I enhance it. And hopefully you can see what I've been talking about with this 3D artwork. Now, when we go to an art museum and we look at paintings and stuff on the wall, it's you know, it's like a 2D thing. Uh, not so here. These people are so out of control. <laughs> um, hopefully you can see like on the left, you've got um, the bust of, of someone. Part of his face is cut off, but I think you can make out that that's somebody's face looking to the left, kind of. And then um, next to them, you have, this is a, a woman, I would say a female bust and um, and then kind of the center right area, you have the more yellow and stuff. This is, you know, that's all Park Ave there. And um, as the sun moves across the sky, this is why the face on Mars, it, it's changed so much. It's because it's meant to change. And you're going to see different things at different times of the day and throughout the seasons. So... This is a really, boy, they are master storytellers because you have all these scenes unfolding and it's all over the earth. So it's quite the story. There's a lot of chapters and um, it really boggles the mind if when you try to wrap your, your head around this. 
And an item number four uh, is just uh, another version. And uh, I use Premiere Pro to enhance these images, and there are some 25 filters, uh, light blending filters, their algorithms. And so um, I like this one. It tends to show the brightest and the darkest areas. And you can see how the sun works off the, the, these stones where uh, you have these bright areas. I follow, I follow the light. I follow the sound, the water. I, I look at where the water, when it rains, where is the water going? And sometimes it goes into these monuments and it goes down inside the monument. And it's like, it reminds me of the movie Dune. <laughs> okay, you know, John, Jonathan, we're we're coming up on our our bottom of the hour break, so um, I, I'm going to ask you some questions when we come back um, from the okay. break. But uh, you're listening to the other side of midnight. Uh, the special guest uh, tonight is uh, Jonathan Womack, um, and we're doing Utah. So we'll be back after the break. Keith Hoagland here. I'd like you to support The Other Side of Midnight by subscribing to Club 19.5 and thereby joining our unique and growing radio community. Tune in to listen to our fascinating guests, pioneers on the out there edge of science and thought, and gain access to exclusive member benefits. To do this, just visit our website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the navigator bar or in the left-hand column. Membership costs $19.95 per month. That's 33 tetrahedral cents a day. I mean, it's the price of a couple of cups of coffee. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to this show and literally hundreds of previous shows on hundreds of different topics going back to 2015 that we have done. Our archive shows have the commercials removed and you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the 19-point archives if you prefer. To enhance your listener experience, a new The Other Side of Midnight podcast is being added to all show pages, which will allow you to instantly search the show archives of Radio with Pictures, thus easily accessing the corresponding show. Plus, you can just as quickly access the entire podcast list when you're on the go. I want to personally thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your continuing support, this show would literally not be on the air. Please continue supporting the broadcast to provide you with the most interesting conversation available, talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought, and if you like what you hear on the other side of midnight, tell your friends and continue growing the show by having them subscribe to Club 19.5 as well, because we need all of you. And when I say we need you, you're the reason we're doing all this. Hoagland, over and out. Thank you. 
And welcome back to the other side of midnight. I'm your host for the night, Keith Morgan. Uh, and Jonathan Womack is our guest. And uh, Jonathan's been pointing out some astonishing facts that these guys have terraformed this planet in such a way that they have incorporated images into large areas on this planet. And if you were here a few minutes ago, and he was showing us the uh, showing us the uh, globe, and he was talking about the reptilian images that were there. You could see those in the the shapes that were formed, and he was talking about Slinky, and and the, everything. They're there, but nobody looks at that this way. Is it? They're just saying this is just random stuff. But these guys, if they could make a dome around the moon, they definitely could make you know, artistic artwork on a large scale. So I'm going to bring Jonathan back. Hi, hey, John. Yeah. Okay. So in the pictures of two, three, and four, mm-hmm. and, and I know most people look at this and they see it as a jumble. Yeah. But there's actual artwork there that's been eroded away over a long period of time and it's it's symbolic because it's got information in it that these guys wanted to pass down through time and stone will outlast most everything else and that's why they they did most of their work in stone and people think oh this is primitive if you're working with stone no it's not primitive we're going to eventually go back to stone. We once we get through playing with our polymers and our our alloys and all of that, we're going to go back to stone because we're yeah. Going to this is stone. highly advanced technology. This the stone tech and this thought tech. This is beyond our science. And uh, let me show something in, in item picture number three. Um, you know, I'm talking about all this. We're going to see a lot of dragons tonight because. Somewhere out there on this planet, the dragons, wow, uh, I'm getting to know the dragons even. So in in image number three, for example, if you look towards the the top of that image, the top kind of right, there's some text where it says Arches National Park Road. And it's written to show you the road and where it comes in there. And now that spot right there, for example, Arches National Park Road. That is right below that. It's yellow. and That's the head of a dragon. We're looking down at it from the top. And it's got a beautiful mane and, and uh, headdress. And then to the right of that, you can see the, the, the mom. You have the dad and the mom. And with the dragons, uh, because they call it the golden hour. When the sun goes down uh, and the sunlight passes through the earth's This happens in the morning, the blue hour, and at night, the golden hour. And the sunlight passes, it's refracted through the Earth's atmosphere. And you have these magical things happening. And this is when when I do a lot of my research on Google Earth, you use the sundial tool. You just move the slider back and forth to see the the light coming, what's lighting up here. You know, you kind of go a few minutes at a time and you can see what's lighting up. But yeah, those are two dragon heads there. And in all the gorges and all the rivers, uh, like the Colorado River, I'm going to show in some upcoming slides, when you have these bends, 
in the canyons. Are, it's a sure sign that the it's all dragon heads. The the water is winding around, and it and they're all dragon heads. The stone part, you know. So um, yeah, a lot of dragons, a lot of these humanoids, and then a lot of these reptoids, where it's like a reptile and a human were mixed together. Yeah, you get these mixes. Um, so let's move on to number five. And this is another image looking down at uh, Park Ave. You have Moab is the closest city, uh, town to Arches Park. It's just a, like a mile and a half from the entrance. And uh, it's funny because that spot, Moab, is when you, you're looking down from the sky, uh, that's not some random flat area. That is a special spot. And another thing worth mentioning here, in the middle of this image, you can see the court, it's called the courthouse wash. And it's that green, grassy area that when it rains, like I said, I follow the water, uh, so when it rains, the water, you can see it, it would run off like to the to the right of this image and then also follows, it goes to the left, all this gorge and you kind of follow it around and it works its way over to Moab. So that courthouse wash uh, is, is an important feature because in this artwork, I think it, it oftentimes it's representing something that Georgia Lambert has talked about. Uh, she's our esoteric expert. And um, what I found in this artwork is when you follow the light, you find that, and this is true all over the earth, where all this light play is taking place, it's lighting up the crown chakras and the Ajna center or the third eye crown, some people call it, three to six inches in front of your forehead. And then the crown chakra is three to six inches above your forehead. And then there's this process Georgia talks about. It takes place every 28 days, uh, just like the, the moon cycle. It's where this liquid inside your brain in the middle of your brain um, works its way for two weeks down to the bottom of your spine, to your root chakra. And then the next two weeks, it works its way up to your brain and it's, now charged it's gone through this 28 day cycle so i just find this a lot of these uh sculptures where they show queen hera or whoever when the sun's going down her crown chakra lights up and or the one in front of her forehead there's a lot of that and there's another one that lights up that's inside the head uh georgia calls it See, when the soul gets older, when the body becomes the hands and feet of the soul, something magical happens. The crown chakra and the third eye chakra, together they create a brand new chakra, the heart inside the head. And it's inside your brain, and it's this chakra forms uh, as you get more mature as a soul. And... Um, I'm also finding that depicted in all this art where when the sun's going down or when it's coming up in the morning, this heart inside the head, you'll have Hera's head. And then 
the sun comes up and it lights up a spot inside her head or the crown or so this is going on quite a bit and it, it, all of this is telling us something so in, in item six I've just highlighted some of this area again you have Moab up in the left and um, you can see along the top from left to right is where the side of this mesa lights up when the sun's going down and um, hopefully you can see some of what I'm talking about without me having to add tons of annotation. I just, I mean, there's so much, the longer you look at this stuff, the more it, it comes out. So um, you're going to see lots of faces within faces and more faces and hey, uh, it just kind of goes on to infinity, it seems like. Uh, item number seven is a, another image of Google Earth without any enhancements. And then in number eight, I've added some. Um, I'm not adding anything. I'm just adjusting the, the color configurations and the algorithms to bring out um, what I'm seeing. So whenever you're looking at at the thing, at these from Google Earth perspective, what I do is first I look for the biggie. There's always going to be a face that's the biggest thing in in your view, and then I can start looking at the smaller stuff, uh, the art within the art within the art down to ground level. But so here, for example, it would be this Dogon head that I showed in my one of the first couple of slides. Uh, this time it's looking to the left. It's a side profile of this Dogon head. The, the light blue kind of thing at the top, that's again the, the crown. Everything's about these crowns and these headdresses. Everybody has headdresses and crowns of some sort. And um, So you see this Dogon head. And we're and talking about this. number eight right now? We are talking about number eight. That's okay. right. All right. Number eight. So you have this Dogon head that we saw on the earth and um, this is everywhere in all the mountain ranges and you just start, it really becomes very noticeable and recognizable after a while. And you can see that this thing's mouth, um, by its mouth you have another, like a baby, they're big in the family. Um, so you have a smaller like Slinky, you know, it looks like Slinky. Uh, a right a side profile of Slinky looking to the right, uh, like nudging up to its mother kind of thing. And um, I, I pointed out the Tower of Babel, the TOB there, and the courthouse towers. And there's always another aspect of this art is how the magic is is made with the shadows. They manipulate carve the rock so that when the sun comes over and moves, it creates all these shadows and these faces just pop out as the sun goes by during the day. And then it disappears just like the face on Mars. It shows up. Oh, and a few hours later, oh, it's gone. It, that's not a face. No, no, it is. It's just it changes and it changes with the sun. What is that? So, uh, what, what is the black line that looks like a cable? buried going from the lower left corner up to the towards the upper right corner of the frame 
Uh, you're not talking about the road, are you? Is that a road? Yeah, there's, that's a road, and that's the equivalent of taking a black magic marker and drawing a mustache on the Mona Lisa. Um, we we want to keep the uh, human <laughs> element where we, you know, we don't want to be building any. I'm glad this is a national park because we don't want to build on this stuff. We don't want to destroy it in any way. We want to keep it. And you can see in the bottom left corner, there's that courthouse wash I was talking about. The green, you know, it's a very grassy area because the water all comes washing through there. Um, so let's uh, move on here. Um, number nine. Let's drew a circle around the courthouse towers there so you can see that the shadow, the canvas is the ground, and then the monuments are the 3D kind of element of the art. So I, I'm thinking you could probably see this without me having to, uh, you know, point out too much. There's, it's uh, a face, and uh, they have a crown, a headdress. Oh, and on the right, the upper right quadrant of this image, I've added some color to the dragon because all these monuments <clears throat> when you look at them, uh, if you were standing down there looking at it face on, for example, you, you really get a better idea of it. But I think you can see here also that this is a, the head of a dragon. And it reminds me of an alligator when they're on the water, you know, their heads on the water. And um, So this dragon, and it's got the fiery, they always have the dragon breath around the dragon's mouth. Uh, and the dragon has this wonderful mane um, that is the, I call it the Park Avenue end cap. Uh, this is the area where, uh, like you and your wife, Keith, you, you people park way off to the right out of frame. And then they walk down here through this lane that is formed by these uh, constructs. And when you're in it, you don't see it, but when you look at it from above or from afar, you see, wow, that's a dragon. And they're, they're big on the dragons. Dragons, every, everything's dragons. And, but yeah, how beautiful is that? I hope folks can see that. And another thing worth pointing out is when I, I use these uh, light filters, you can see that these different areas, you kind of have a darker area, but then you have these splotches of bright yellow-orange that, that light up. And those are important glyphs that are, are telling us clues. And I'm hoping we can get some kind of linguist who has worked with, uh, say, Egyptian glyphs perhaps, and we can start getting – I'm putting the symbols together in a catalog and um, – yeah, hopefully at some point we can start figuring that stuff out. Moving along uh, to item number 10. It's uh, another image without any annotations or enhancements. Um, so now we go to the next page of my items, which is uh, items 11 through 30. If you click on John 11 through 30, it'll take you to the next show page. And you'll see item 11. Now I've added some enhancement to that 
the previous image, image uh, number 10. And hopefully you can start to see uh, what I'm getting at. I, I noticed this matching aspect of it uh, back in October when I did sort of part one with Richard, October 9th of last year. I noticed when I was looking through what I call the sacred, sacred apertures and I'm looking across Park Avenue through these peepholes at the mural across the way, uh, a few hundred yards across Park Ave. And it's, I realized that things on the mural across the way are matching with the peepholes. You know, it's like a partition you're looking through. And I've come to learn that the matching is also on a huge profound scale. So as you zoom out further and further and further and you look at these structures from a, an angle here, we're, we're kind of looking at this straight on. We're, we're at a bit of an angle, but you've got, you'll have a, a mesa that is miles away in the background and you have foreground stuff, and then you have mid-ground mid structures, and they form, you know, Queen Hera's face or these kind of things. And then you zoom all the way out until you can see the curve of the Earth. I, I think I have one, an example of that coming up. You see the curve of the Earth, and, you know, so now we're talking like 500 miles in the background you have uh, their crown, and then in the foreground, you have something, and together it all makes, it matches together, and it makes somebody's face. So there's all this matching going on. It's really, really cool. And uh, let's move on to number 12. Um, here we're looking down Park Avenue is the upper right corner, and... Um, it includes, uh, you know, if you move to the left, the, the top part of this image, uh, that's also considered Park Ave. That's um, the courthouse towers. And then the upper left, you have the Tower of Babel or Babel, however they say it. And then in the middle area, the left to right, you have, I call this the grand, we're looking down at the grand gallery, or at least one side of it. It's a U-shaped area and it's this canyon we're looking down and um what you're going to see when i i add some color to it in image number 13 go to 13 so i've enhanced this and you can see that the tower of babel and the courthouse tower are actually the ears of this huge dragon head like I said, I always look for the biggie, you know, what's the biggest thing I'm looking at. And I, I kind of, and then from there, I work my way down and look at all the art that's embedded into that. Um, so the really cool thing about this, as I, I, I'm going to keep pointing out, is the ground is the main canvas and the monuments that stick up are part of the art. You have to look at them together. You don't just look at the courthouse towers. It's the ground. I could and see with, with the, the two the two that's standing at the Tower of Battle Dragon and the courthouse mm -hmm. uh, town yeah. queen, 
when the, in the picture before you annotated them and brought them out, I could mm-hmm. see there was something weird about those. Yeah. Uh, and I can see the dragon down there on the on the right hand corner, um, looking in that direction. It's a it's a big dragon, right? It's got the eye and the it it looks like a, a dragon to me. Well, the 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 biggie that I'm pointing out is the the ears would be the Tower of Babel and the Courthouse Tower, and then on the right side you have the snout and the teeth. So this is the head. It stretches from left to right. It takes up most of this picture. That is the head of a dragon in this 3D art. And if you were in a helicopter looking down at this during the golden hours, the sun is setting and the lights refracting, um, you would see this a little better. And you just get eyes for it. You start recognizing it. So, um, yeah, this, this is pretty crazy. And I... I zoom in on it, uh, item number 14. I've zoomed in now on the upper left area, and I'm hoping that people can see that the Tower of Babel dragon, you can see that the road cuts right through its, like its mouth and its kind of face. Uh, the eye is very bright yellow point uh, area, a, a slot on the, on the tower part. But the ground is the, like the head, and the tower is the mane. It's the dragon's mane. So I don't know if people can see that, but um, yeah, that's a dragon looking sort of to the right. Uh, it's facing us at an angle, kind of looking right there. And that, that's a, a dragon head. And in the courthouse tower, I'm hoping you can also see that this, there's a cat face that's sticking out there and um, the ground is, is helping to form these illusions. You know, they're, they're basically 3D illusions. And, um, you know, you have the, the headdress. This cat has the, the headdress, which is the courthouse, you know, the rocky part there sticking up and, and there's other faces in there. And if you go around and look at the towers from the other direction, you'll see another face. And it's, it's this kind of thing. And it's so cool because if you change your position, no matter what perspective you're looking at, um, if you look at this area from the opposite direction, it's entirely a different scene. Everything is something else. So it's, it's remarkable how they were able are able to create all this stuff when you when you think about all the various aspects of it, it it's really something else so moving on let's go to number 15 now I've, I've just zoomed in a bit on the right side and I'm hoping you can see the snout and the, the teeth represented here a little better of this dragon and uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this stuff because you know people can come back and look at these and so number 16, now I've zoomed in on this dragon's head in the grand gallery, and um, I just want to, this just looks like, you know, geologists would have us believe this is all interesting erosion, and this started 150 million years ago, according to them, and it happened over this time. Now we have all this neat looking stuff, but it's, it's just rocks. Yeah, 
No, it isn't. <laughs> That's the farthest thing from the truth. And in 17, item number 17, I've enhanced some of this. And you can see the crown face that we've a lot of people are familiar with on Mars. Uh, the crown face is on a Martian cliff. And so what some of the um, styles, I, I guess you call it, of art, uh, what they do is they'll take a face and then it's overlapping. Somebody's face will, a lot of times you'll have three faces. They like the trio. You have three faces side by side. But instead of having them just side by side, they overlap them so that you have Sue on one end, Jimmy in the middle, and um, you know Linda on, on the right side. So they just squeeze those three faces together until they overlap and their eyes, you know, one person's left eye overlaps with the other person's right eye. And so you've got kind of half of their faces are overlapping and it's always their eyes will, will match up. They overlap uh, the, the eyes. And when you look at it, and it's the same, if you go look at the crown face on Mars and you look at it from that perspective, you will see that there are two other faces next to the crown face and they overlap each other. But yeah, it's just a, a technique of these artists and these architectures, architects who put all this together. So it's always you have faces within faces, and uh, we're about yeah, a minute the more, and thirty out from our our break. A, a minute thirty, okay. Um, yeah, uh, just uh, we'll go to eighteen real quick, and this is and uh, no annotations and. Uh, in the left, you have Moab uh, on the left side here. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into this image a bit when we, I guess, when we come back from the break. Okay. Uh, you're listening to the other side of midnight. Uh, I'm your host, uh, uh, sitting in for Richard, because he's having internet problems. And our guest is Jonathan Womack. And uh, we'll be back after the break. Thank you. 
back to the other side of midnight. Our guest for the night is uh, Jonathan Wilmack, and we're talking about Utah. There's so much stuff in Utah that's just amazing. Um, I know it's kind of probably hard for a lot of people to see some of this stuff, um, but when I was there with my wife on vacation, uh, visiting my son when he used to live in Utah, and we went down to Arches Park, I was just stunned by all the stuff I saw. Um, I, I didn't, couldn't get the aerial shots like Jonathan's got, but it was just looking at the statues and things that people look at and said, oh, this is just natural and this is natural. No, uh-uh. This is artwork that's aged for thousands of years. What do you think uh, Mount Rushmore is going to look like in a few thousand years? They're going to say, oh, there's the old men in the mountain. Oh, yeah, right. No, somebody built this stuff. I want to know who built it. And for those who don't know who the Anunnaki are, you need to go get a life because they left us clues and they left us tablets that are over six to 7,000 years old. And one, of the, one set of tablets tells us the history of this planet starting 450,000 years ago. And... It's written in stone. There's no King James Version or any other body's version. And it just tells us the story of what took place starting 450,000 years ago on this planet. And they are the ones that built the stuff that's on Mars. 
They're the ones that did all of the work in Utah. They're the ones that built the pyramids. But, of course, we can't allow that to be said because we have to take credit for all of this stuff. And you really think we move those huge pillars and stones and we can't even do that to this day. Somehow, this can't be all true. All of the stuff that we're looking at, uh, uh, looking at the Badlands Guardian, that's that's not natural. And for you who don't know who to get Badlands Guardian or what it is, you should look it up. And when you see it, you tell me that's a natural formation. There's too many details. And then you go 1.37 miles to the north, to the northwest, and there's another structure. It's not really not structures. They're dug into the ground, and they're both pointing exactly north, and they're both profiles. One looks the Badlands Guardian looks like a profile of a Native American. The other one looks like the profile of a Viking with some long brim hat on it. And I'm going, no way is all of this stuff natural. And these things are huge. The Badlands Guardian is 2,200 feet from head to chin, uh, head to t- uh, head from head to chest. It's got two parallel lines running down the side of the shoulder that comes out to our right. One curves under the vest uh, or curves under the neck, which indicates he's wearing a vest. Zoom in on the neck. Two parallel lines going to the back with a pattern in between it. He's wearing a neckband. And my friend says to me, I'm just surprised he's got an eyelid. So this is the kind of stuff that's right there in front of us, and nobody's paying attention to this kind of stuff. But Jonathan's been putting all of this stuff together in Utah because that's one of the most amazing places. So let's get back to Jonathan, and uh, let's pick up where he left off. So yeah, John- it's, uh, yeah, if we could go to uh, – oh, by the way, Mount Rushmore, yeah, they defaced uh, – um, Palladian or Anunnaki, whoever, um, they defaced a monument to to make Mount Rushmore. So, you know, a a monument that's 100 million years old and uh, irreplaceable. So hopefully there's no more Mount Rushmores. Or uh, Part of my mission is to stop the uh, human progress that is that will destroy any of this stuff. We don't want that. And uh, my item 19, if I click on item 19, this is an important image. Uh, You have the town of Moab on the left. And one thing I want to point out is I mentioned before is that when you have the Colorado river here that you can see winding through this image, all of the bends in the river frame a dragon so if you go on google earth and you just go down and just follow say from moab just follow the river every bend i think you you don't have to have the magic glasses i don't think just to see that there it's all dragon heads and they're all you know all along the river and all these bends so you can see some of that here and another Thing I, I want to point out is in the upper left quadrant you have the railroad entrance to the department the US Department of Energy nuclear cake storage facility 
Now, out of all the places in America, they decide that they're going to dig into, they chose this mesa, the inside of this mesa. They're going to dig in there and store all this spent nuclear cake. Now, why would they choose this place? I mean, it's the entrance, it's one mile from the Park Ave entrance. So you have 1.5 million people a year visiting Arches Park. You have the people in Moab. So right smack in the middle, uh, and, and this mesa, I call it, I don't think there's a name for it. I call it the uh, Corona Arch Complex. So uh, this mesa, <clears throat> that's where they decide. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is really bad. And I don't know, somehow we, we got to get um, these folks, we got to kick them out because they've been in there 30 years and they, I'm sure the DOD is working on figuring out the technology here and they've dug in to this mesa and they found a number of these incredible chambers inside where there's all this stuff. And uh, in fact, the um, tonight's banner, uh, I made that banner. It's an animated banner for tonight's show. Uh, You see this uh, aperture looks like the eye of a dragon and you can see inside where there's all this stuff. And that um, that's a cluster of, prisms and apertures and it's very near to that railroad entrance and in fact along that mesa you have other same thing these clusters of apertures that are advanced technology and they're doing lots of amazing things with the light and the sound and <clears throat> and also I added some color to that the side wall of that mesa the cliffs. I had some color so you can hopefully see that that is all sculpted. That's not just dirt and rocks. That's all. These are all people. These are all very distinguished, uh, renowned characters, uh, main characters. There's humanoids and dragons. Um, so all of that, if you just follow that mesa, oh my God, it it's so decked out and, and beautiful. And um, and also the the ground will be. I keep saying the ground is the main canvas. So when you look down on it from the sky, you see the ground and the, the mesa cliff makes a face. You know, so pretty awesome. Um, I pointed out Slinky. Uh, he's he's everywhere, and I notated Park Avenue, the courthouse towers, and the Tower of Babel. And we have that matching element going on here, too, where in the far background, those mountains form, you know, the crown of of a very huge face. Like if you zoomed out a bit and you go, oh, wow, there's a face there. And so it's that kind of thing going on. Um, Yeah, the the Department of Energy is, um, I think, are pilfering this technology it was left for us you know americans own all this land Uh, the government does not own this this is the people's land and it's the same all over the earth really this is left for the people and we don't want the government 
hiding from us the technology that was is left for us to um, unravel and, and use. And um, so, yeah, let's let's move on to number twenty. As I said, uh, when you zoom out, here I've just zoomed out from <clears throat> the previous picture, and you have Moab on the left. You can see it better now. And you can see that Mesa cliff line that I was just talking about, and I, the Department of Energy, you know, railroad entrances there. And so we're looking down at Arches Park and um, the middle area is, the, there's a name for it, it's called the Petrified Dunes. And uh, on the right, you, may, you might be able to pick out the Balanced Rock Complex there. That is also deserving of a, of a show. It's an amazing place. Um, another thing in the smack dab center of this image, you can see the Courthouse Wash, green, grassy, uh, branchy kind of area. Um, so now uh, I'm going to add uh, some enhancements in image number 21, item 21, because I'm starting to, I'm reading the story or, you know, this, these are all scenes that are very informative. They're telling us a lot. And <clears throat> Yeah, there's a lot of red and yellow and in this image, so I'm going to try to break it down for you a bit. Let's start at the top, kind of the top right. You have this sort of beige-colored um, area. This, when I saw this, I'm, I'm calling him Yoda. <laughs> That's a person's, somebody's face uh, looking at us. And they're always breathing something out of their mouth or something spilling out of his mouth. And it's the courthouse wash. If you follow it down, you see the courthouse wash and the courthouse wash comes down into this purple area. It's kind of the bottom middle of this image, very purpley area. That's someone's face, someone's head. And they have a you know very nice crown of yellow and orange and but yeah that's someone's face and it just reminds me of Georgia talking about the crown chakra and how it makes this heart inside the head chakra when you your soul gets older and now in the upper left quadrant this is very cool. Uh, you have a large, you know, I'm always looking for the biggie. What's the big thing? You have this, um, I have, I added some maroon kind of color to it, but that's somebody's face. They're kind of looking to the right a bit at an angle and they're breathing this red orange magma, let's call it. This is some sort of creation material they're using to make all of this stuff and on the left edge you have all of this orange and yellow those yellow plumes are from dragon heads like if you zoomed in on this you would see that uh, you have rock it's it's all these dragon heads and they're breathing this dragon fire 
you have two larger dragon heads uh, breathing the fire and then the smaller ones too with the yellow plumes and it's all mixing into this sort of orange red stuff and then that spills over the edge of that mesa and then everything is spilling down into this purple area so I believe, you know, there's stories of this Hera where she's a half human, half reptile. And I think this is, we're seeing this kind of thing here in the uh, creation story. And, you know, if you look at the, uh, the winding gorge along the bottom, kind of the image there where have these bends in the gorge, you know, it's always these dragons and they're always breathing fire. Even the purple area, the purple area, if you zoom in on that, you see that it's dragon heads breathing plumes of yellow dragon fire and lots of dragon fire. But this to me is uh, telling us about them creating all this. This is a monument to the creation of the the Southwest or or this area. Now let's go on to number 22. Um, Here we are now looking. Moab is in the bottom left. You can see the Marriott Hotel along the bottom edge. And uh, you've got the roads coming in there to Moab and but uh, you can see this canyon that I'm talking about, and it's it's the courthouse wash. It's a, a gorge, and it's winding through there. And I enhanced this image in number 20, item 23. Uh, I add the annotations. Oh, uh, 23. How do we make the picture? Okay, yeah, you want to click on it so that it makes the picture um, you see this annotated version of this image. And um, I show I've got the Park Avenue trailhead pointed out, the courthouse wash up there, the Tower of Babel. And I point out the courthouse towers. And um, on the bottom, you can see where the courthouse wash ends up winding its way down here into Moab. And hopefully you can see, um, I I have another red arrow on the right side, courthouse wash. But if you follow that wash, that canyon, I'm hoping you can see that all the bends, it's all dragon heads. These are all characters in this story there's no two dragons are the same all over the earth. They're all, you know, they're like us. They're people, they're characters in the story. They have a role. And if you go on Google Earth and you just kind of take the camera along this gorge, you're just going to see. And it's just so amazing. Yeah. You have large. Okay. Can you see this kind of stuff, uh, Keith? Yeah. Like in the upper left, I used a, a yellow, I drew a yellow circle. Right. Uh, I, I just wanted to clarify for some people trying to figure out what's going on. If, yep. you, if you click on the text that says courthouse um, next to the picture, it'll, it'll enlarge the picture so you can get details. 
if you click on the picture, you go to the YouTube. I should have should have fixed oh, that. Oh, okay. So the picture yeah. would enlarge, and then there would just be the link down below to get to the YouTube video. But um, if you click on the text, it says courthouse uh, under the, the number, that will enlarge the picture for you so you can see more details. Okay. Yeah, the, um, the yellow circle I, I drew in the upper left corner is because I want to point out a face where you have the bottom half of the face, like their chin, and their, is the ground, and then the upper part of their face is the monuments and the, the, the structure part with the stone. But when, you know, that is their, this is the 3D art I, I'm always talking about is it's the ground and the structure. And you look at it from an angle and from the sky and uh, when the sun is coming up or going down, yeah, it's that kind of thing. And, you know, I've highlighted a few other dragon heads, you know, throughout this gorge. And then um, you'll notice a, green circle there it's near the center of this image and that is a very cool spot i mean that the whole gorge both sides of the gorge are spectacular but that one spot i wanted to point out because um i think that's the video link you have here let's see yeah yeah this is a comparison I, I talk about how the arches, the inner perimeter of the arch is a, is a shape, and these are not random shapes. And in fact, they are known throughout the galaxy and recognized by other races that, that visit these places and visit Earth, and they look at this stuff. So <clears throat> on, on the left, you have this uh, in China. This is a cave in China and you know I'm looking all I, I'm I, I'm all over the world looking at this stuff on Google Earth so I I've come to recognize these arch shapes and it's always it's the bust of people and it's usually back-to-back uh, -back. so you have a, a, a side profile of somebody that's looking to the right and then there's somebody looking to the left and so the, the cave in China, the, that entrance, I recognized it. And I go, that's the same, you know, here's an example uh, on the right in, in my comparison here. You have this wonderful um, sculpture here uh, that when the sun moves across the sky, if you play that video, hopefully I've, I've done a, a decent job of, of to show you what I'm talking about, and you can see how the moon, when as the sun moves across the sky, uh, that feature changes. And hopefully, you can also see that the it's the same shape as that cave entrance in China. And I find these shapes, uh, like the delicate arch, for example, uh, <clears throat> they're all over the world. So it's not just Arches Park, um, it's everywhere. And it, it's on other planets too. And these are recognized features that other races, um, you know, they, they, they pick this stuff right up. They pick it right out. 
so let's move on to the next one is number 24. Let's see if we click on the text, the 3D samples video clip. Okay, that takes us to the video. Yeah, I just made another uh, video clip that um, I'm trying to demonstrate <clears throat> to give people an idea of just how to look at this stuff and how it's it's just so many faces within faces and more faces and <clears throat> it's on a scale it's so remarkable because it's uh, it just seems to go into infinity there's uh, you, you change your perspective a bit and you go oh my gosh that face is actually part of a another face it's a big dragon and this is good so there's all is going on and i i tried to make some video clips to help people see this, uh, what I'm seeing, uh, that, you know, this stuff just pops out at me and, and John, um, John, yeah. the, um, mm-hmm. in, in the, uh, the, the arch at the park that you had the yellow circle around with the courthouse wash and the green little small green circle. Yeah. In, in the big, uh, triangular, triangular shape, uh, area down towards the bottom middle of the picture, Mm-hmm. That looks that looks really familiar. Th- that's that's a mesa with a domed section on the on the middle of it. There's half a dome, and it's triangular shape. That does not look like a natural formation. It, it's well, I added some. Thing. Yeah, the bottom middle of this image. That's item number twenty-three. Um, I enhanced some of the, the red. So that you can see it's a the head of a dragon facing left. And yeah. And you know, a lot of times you not a, like all the time really, but the the crown of the, the dragon head you look and you go, Oh, the crown is another dragon's head and then inside that crown that's made up so everything is made up of smaller embedded art. It's it's quite fascinating. Uh, the more you look at it, the more you see. And I, I tried my best to highlight some of these dragon heads through this gorge and, um, you know, all through everything. It's just, yeah, the, the entire surface of the earth is sculpted, the ocean beds and, and all the land. There's no place on the earth that is, is not sculpted. That's the most incredible thing. It's just, um, it's really hard to to wrap your mind around. So let's go on to number 25. And I've done a, a in-depth analysis of this area. This is Devil's Tower in Wyoming, where they filmed, uh, you know, Close Encounter takes place. And sure enough, when you uh, look from the sky, you can see that Devil's Tower is the crown on the forehead of a big dragon that is, the dragon is um, depicted on the ground. And then you have this Devil's Tower sticking up and and that's its uh, headdress. And I, I didn't include any of those slides again. I just have so much uh, stunning 
research and, and analysis that I, I had to pick out. <laughs> it was hard to pick out just, um, you know, uh, but one thing I want to point out on this, I, I've been talking about how they use the sun when it comes up and it goes down, it will light up spots on these monuments that I believe depict are depicting the crown chakra and the third eye chakra. So if you look at Devil's Tower, smack dab in the middle of Devil's Tower, you, you've got a lot of uh, sort of light orange, but then you've got this yellow, small yellow splash of light in the in the pretty much the very center of it. Um, you know, it's below the purple area. It's in that kind of word, but yeah, that yellow splash there. And what's happening is the sun is coming up in the background over those three mountain rises, which are the heads of dragons. When you go over there and use Google Earth to swivel around and look at them, I, I, I've done that in my analysis. Um, but yeah, the sun comes up and it spills just around the edges. They, they are masters of bending the light in ways that we we have not got to this point yet. It's it's so cool how they do this. Sorry, John. I'm kind of yeah. blowing through the break here. Oh, it's break time. Yeah. All right. Uh, you're listening to the other side of midnight. Uh, our guest is uh, Jonathan Womack. We're talking about Utah. And uh, we'll be back right after the break. of midnight.com. Join Richard C. Hoagland and an array of fascinating guests as we explore real-world topics and events through the lens of hyperdimensional physics. Join Club 19.5 to gain access to hundreds of archived shows. Only $9.95 per month. Listen in each Saturday and Sunday to the most compelling and thoughtful broadcasts heard in over 160 countries around the world. Real research. Real data. Real science. The other side of midnight.com.
And welcome back to the other side of midnight. Some interesting stuff going on with Utah. Um, there's a a lot of stuff. Uh, alignments, mathematical alignments, sun alignments, things that just should not be aligning naturally that way. Uh, this like the curve on Mars. Um, People say the face on Mars is a trick of light shadow, windblown anomaly, uh, uh, pareidolia, where you think you see faces, except there's no such thing as mathematical pareidolia. And that's where the Morgan curve comes in because the stuff aligned on Mars is spaced exponentially. It creates a perfect curve and Earl Torn discovered the X and Y axis. The odds of all that taking place go out the window. So that face on Mars is a real sculpture that was designed and built by intelligent people, and the Anunnaki are the ones that built it. And there's someone buried there. You guys know his name. You've heard it already said in your lifetime. You don't know that's who you're talking about. But he's buried there. And on another show, I'll tell you what his name is. I'll also tell you all the whole story if uh, Richard gives me the opportunity to do that because you'll look at this world's history in a different light once you hear what's going on. And it's not telephone. Uh, this is, these are tablets that have been written in stone. They haven't changed. Nobody's altered them. And they tell the history of this planet. And it's like they laughed at me and said, oh, this is, this is telephone. Well, this, this way of telephone goes like this. Somebody tells a story of what they read in these tablets to the next guy. But he also gives the next guy photocopies of the tablets so they can read them themselves if they want to. But that person tells the next guy, and he doesn't read tablets, but he passes photocopies on of the tablets to that guy. And this keeps going on. Nobody actually going back reading the tablets till it gets to one guy. He says, oh, wait, uh, let me read these tablets for myself. And then he goes, hmm, this doesn't match what I was told. Well, I came across a similar situation at ABC. It kind of went like this. These guys were supposed to replace the old Sony 800 machines with the brand new Sony 860 tape machines. And these guys are bringing this machine back down from the edit room. And I said, I thought you were supposed to be you know, deploying these in the edit rooms. Oh, the editor looked over at the waveform monitor and he saw something walking through the vertical on the waveform monitor. And sure enough, I look at the waveform monitor and here's his vertical rectangular pulse walking across from left to right on the waveform. And I said, turn off the machine. I turn it off. Okay, wait, turn it on. And you come up with a clean envelope on the waveform. And then you see this rectangular pulse rise up from the center of the video above and below the envelope and starts walking across. And I said, it looks like a fan coming up to speed. And these guys went bonkers. Oh, no, these are all AC fans. There's no DC fans in there. No, no, no. And I said, are you sure this is a brand new machine? Anybody look at the schematics? And they shut up and they looked at the schematics. And guess what? Sony had replaced those machines 
the fans in those machines with DC fans, direct current fans instead of alternating current fans. And that reverse EMF from the DC fans was getting back into the video and manifesting itself as that vertical pulse walking across the vertical. Now, how does that relate to what I just said about the telephone thing? Well, the schematics are the tablets. And if you don't look at the tablets, you're not going to know what's going on. And that's the only hard evidence we have of a history told to us by an alleged Anunnaki god, Inky, about what took place on this planet starting 450,000 years ago. Around us are all the clues. Utah has one of the biggest clues going other than the Badlands Guardian and the stuff in Alberta, Canada. And there's a huge image in Washington that you can see from satellite photo if you know where you're looking. Somebody had the ability to manipulate stuff on a large scale, and we can't do that to this day without making things worse. And... Jonathan is pointing out stuff that shouldn't be where it's at. And I know a lot of people are looking at these going, I don't see it. I don't see it. I showed people the the Badlands Guardian. And I've had people say, well, I don't see it. And I'm going, you don't see something as obvious as this. But people have different concepts and ideas and visions of what they're looking at and sometimes it gets clouded by belief instead of looking at exactly what they're looking at now Jonathan's made some very fine points about things that are huge art sculptures not only in Utah but around this entire planet on a huge scale and most people would say oh you can't do that but I'm going to let Jonathan continue because he's going to show you some other stuff that's going to really blow your mind. So, okay, John, so back to you. Thanks, Keith. And Keith is going to open the phone lines for the third hour as well. So if you have a question, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, if you want to add to the conversation, uh, you can call and Keith will give that number out. And uh, so let's go to number, my item number 26. Just uh, looking down at the Tower of Babel from above. And then in item 27, uh, I've enhanced it. And my hope is that you can start to see all this stuff that I'm talking about and how the ground is also is a part of, it's the main part of the canvas and all these, anything that rises up from the ground, like these stone monuments, uh, is part of that art, and you look at it with a 3D eye, and it hopefully you know uh, it, it forms this this uh, image for you. And but yeah, here we have the Tower of Babel. We're looking down at it, and I, I point out uh, the horse dragon ear. Uh, <laughs> that ear is um, yeah. You'll see it's the shape of uh, you know Horus, this this bird character that's we see a lot in Egypt and, and so on. Uh, so let's go on to number 28. 
And here's a looking at the Tower of Babel from the side. And this in-between thing is, is important. It's a common uh, technique, I guess would be the word. But you see um, all over the earth, they'll have a, a large monument like this. And then along the side of it, they'll have, you know, I highlight in this sort of pink color is another Dogon head and it forms a channel in between the two structures and <clears throat> on that purple uh, Dogon head I drew a red line from left to right that is the if you were looking behind that you would see that in between crevice in there that's formed that channel that's the line of that channel and that is all apertures it's a prism cluster I, I, I keep calling it uh, but it's these apertures or arches you know there'll be 12 or 15 of them in a line and this is really advanced technology that we were pretty far away from at this point but um, Maybe a little closer after tonight, hopefully. But yeah, so this in between, you have the a baby. You can just see the baby's head, part of it sticking out. I have a red arrow pointing to it. So you have like the the dad and the mom, and in between them you have the the baby. And the baby, gosh, it's you know basically slinky. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to the. The next slide, uh, let's see, would be 29. And we're a little bit closer now. And one really cool thing to point out is these sun slots in the upper right that I've circled. And I talk about these open-ended prisms. They're not enclosed arches, but they, they, are, they are arches. They're prisms. They're doing the same thing. It's bending the light and it's sending it, and it's splitting it up into wavelengths. And um, hopefully you can also see uh, this ear I would pointed out before, the ear of a dragon. I, I've given it some purple color there. It's, I guess, in the bottom left quadrant of this image. And you can see it's, it's a bird, a side profile of a, a bird. That just reminds me very much of Horus that uh, we see uh, in Egypt and all kinds of mythology and but yeah this there's a lot going on here there's so much art and it's you know faces within faces and as the sun moves across the sky it all changes and it, a scene unfolds and uh, it's part of this story and as the seasons change so do the scenes so it's a progressive thing throughout the year as the seasons change, if you were to park yourself here in front of this uh, or set up a camera, a time-lapse camera, you, you would just see the coolest things occurring. And, boy, it just make you feel like a kid again. It's just a sense of wonder and, and magic. Uh, let's move on to number 30. I've zoomed in again here on uh, Tower of Babel, and I, I think you can hopefully see that there's there's a lot going on here, and it's very reminiscent, again, of uh, 
characters that we know from Egyptian mythology and Horus and God Osiris. And it's bigger than that, though. There's this, it's a federation, basically. You've got these dragons and the reptoids and these humanoids and these people that are the Dogons and, and toids that are half here. There's a, there's a bunch of them, and they're all working together. This is a group project, which I think is very hopeful. That tells me that these people have gotten past, you know, self-annihilation and they've advanced and they've reached out to the stars and they've encountered one another and they've become friends and they work. So this is, they've been around a very, very long time. This is not something that's 450,000 years old. I mean, they, they were probably here 400, but this goes back not just 150 million years, this goes back probably billions. I mean, these are very old beings and they, they live in the higher dimensions and sometimes they do come down into 3D space and, and do things. But um, let's move on to my last group of slides here. Um, if you click on John 31 through 60, that will take us to the the uh, last part of my show page here, and uh, item 31. Now I, I've just taken the Google Earth camera and we're looking down at the in-between that I've been pointing out in the last few slides. And the sun is coming up now, would be on the, the top of this image. It's shining down. I have the arrows coming through the sun slots. And the sun slots are bending the light and you can see the effect of this where the light is on the walls of the in-between channel. And um, yeah, if you move the sun slider in Google Earth, you just move it kind of back and forth really is the best way. You slow it down. And so when you move it, you're just moving it a few minutes at a time and you just inch it back and forth and you'll see how the light you know, everything will be dark and then you, the sun inches forward and then all of a sudden it's lighting up all these spots. And I've, there's all these patterns. So I found how the crown, you know, light up a crown. That's a sure sign that there is a chamber below. And sure enough, uh, I follow it and, um, you know, I mark it with entrance A in, in this image. Entrance A is where the chamber is. That The whole channel through this in between is all these apertures. There's like, I don't know, 15 or 20 of them. There's quite a few. Uh, so let's go on to the next image. And that is number 32. Now we're looking from the opposite direction. We've taken the cam, Google Earth camera, and we've actually gone inside of the Tower of Babel. And we're looking, the wall now has become transparent. And you can see the mesh lines, you know, in 3D uh, modeling, uh, every object, it's a mesh. And you can see the lines of the mesh that forms the Tower of Babel. You know, they would have had a Google Earth drones come in and film all this, and then they use artificial intelligence to put these images together and it creates these meshes that uh, simulate these structures. 
So we're inside the Tower of Babel. We're looking back from the other way, and you can see the in-between sort of passageway going from left to right, and the chamber is on this, this far over on the right side there. Um, and also, every inch of stone is carved and sculpted and beautiful, and it's all these people again. It's all these people's faces and the dragons and Queen Hera and it's all this stuff. There'll be symbols on the ground, symbols on the wall. I'm trying to uh, assemble a catalog of these symbols. And then I, I'll, I'll spend some time on Mars, too, where there's all these symbols. And I, it's the same language. So hopefully someday we'll be able to put this language together. And uh, it's going to tell us a lot. So let's move on to item number 33. Here we are looking down into this in-between channel of the Tower of Babel. And this is where you would climb down from that shiny crown and you, you say you would climb down with some ropes. And um, I've just added some arrows where you can see uh, <laughs> the Jor-El prism panel. That you know, this area is all dark during the day, and then during the sundown, during the golden hour, I've actually made a video clip of this because you have to see it for yourself. And hopefully, it'll, it'll it's it's going to sound you as it, it did me because it's, it's so cool. This is amazing technology that we need to get to. We've got to sort this out and decode all this stuff so that um, we can reunite with these, these gods that left all this for us. Uh, let's go to the next item, number 34. Uh, let's see, we still have 10 minutes before the next break. So item 34. Um, so here we are, you've climbed down, we're in this in-between channel, and this is the entrance uh, to a chamber. And in the bright yellow spot, um, I've, I've just enhanced this with a few filters in Premiere Pro. And that yellow bright uh, spot, you can see there's a lettering or, you know, those, those are symbols. that uh, Kind of looks like a snake or something. That, that's 11 feet wide, that yellow uh, wall mural. And from there, you can kind of walk around. There's there's a hole, big hole going down. And, you know, when it rains, the water's got to go somewhere. So the water's going to go down there. And the Google Earth video drone would have come in here. For this mesh to be created tells me that the drone would have come in here. And it, it's mapping this area. And, it, and there's some enough light. That hole might not it might go further down than what we see here. Um, and that might just be as far as the drone went. It, it, it could go further down. Um, so you, you want to be very careful walking through here. <laughs> if you fall, you're screwed. Um, but yeah, so basically you, you have this area where you would start at the yellow wall mural and it's got it. And you'd walk around to the right of around this hole that goes down, and then you come up to this Jor-El Jor prism panel, 
And we go to the next item, number 35. And it's giving you another look a little closer. Um, that bright yellow wall mural, and you can see a little better now that it has these uh, a glyph from left to right, you know, is these symbols. That, and to me, that is language. And in fact, I'm finding this same, uh, it's a pattern in all these, there's many of these chambers and they have these, every Jor-El prism panel is different. So I'm finding some of these glyphs that when you enter the chamber, there, there's one, it has that same, those same, that same writing is in a, another chamber over in the Balanced Rock Complex. So it's important for us to unravel these glyphs so we know what they're, what they're saying and what they're telling us about the chambers that we're entering. So let's go to the next slide, number 36, I think, yeah, 30, 36. Okay, I've just zoomed in on the, the wall mural and hopefully you can see a little better that the, the dark glyphs running left to right. And that means something. That is language. Um, let's go to the next slide, number 37. So this is the most crazy thing. Um, we're looking down at this. This is all dark during the day and then during the golden hour at night and in the morning, uh, the blue hour, this lights up. Like I said, I made a, a video clip of this. And when I saw this, I, I knew that we were looking at something beyond our science. And um, I added some filters. Let's go to the next uh, 37A. Um, is this article that scientists have discovered, um, you know, we, before we had, uh, was it gas, solid, and liquid? You know, matter has three states. And then sometime later, oh, there's four states of matter. We have plasma. And now they tell us, oh, there's a fifth state of matter, these <laughs> time crystals. I mean, how many are there that there's, we have yet to discover this stuff and it's slowly um, little steps at a time, but uh, it's starting to form a sort of working knowledge of how these arches work. So let's go to number 38. So here I, I took the um, this Jor-El prism panel, I call it. It's from the chamber inside the Tower of Well, there are a few chambers in the Tower of Babel, but I'll call this the main chamber. And I recognized when I use this um, light filter and it turns uh, the white panel, it turns it orange. And then I, I said, oh my gosh, I know that shape. That is the inner perimeter of delicate arch. And the inner perimeter of delicate arch is the frame of a 
of a family that's known throughout the galaxy. Um, I think it's the Queen Hera and her family is, is what I believe. And um, I will go more into that when we do, Keith and I do the show on, um, well, if Richard has me back, we'll do the show on uh, on the arches and the technology behind it. And if you look at um, the left edge of this image, number 37, and you look at the ground, you know, it's kind of dark purple, but you have these bright yellow slots that, the sun is shining from the left side and it's shining down and it's lighting up the ground. Remember the ground is all sculpted with, and it's all information. It's all glyphs, it's language. We don't want to use any concrete saws to just <laughs> cut up the ground for any reason, keep the ground intact. Um, and also the ground, it's all peppered with uh, the rock. This is, that's all part of the technology because again, and the sun is hitting the rock. It's charging the rock. The rock, and there's all these things going on within the rock. And then you have the arch, and the sun hits the arch, and all the magic starts happening. So let's go to number 39. Okay, yeah, I was just talking about this. this is again, um, we're in the chamber here of Tower of Babel, and there's this Jor-El prism panel. It appears white, but when you put the filter on it, it turns orange, and you can see um, it's the shape of the delicate arch, and it even reflects off of the the floor. I, I wrote dragon eye with an arrow. That that's a bright spot on the floor because the wall mural of this prism panel is reflecting off the floor, and this chamber is really cool because they even shape the chambers. Uh, it's the head of a dragon. It's the head of a queen Hera. The chambers are also shaped and it's all part of acoustical science. And this is all technology. And, and what you would do here is you would, you do something at this prism panel, you activate something and then you would walk sort of up towards the top right of this through this passageway and it, it takes you either, I, I think it might take you to another spot on the earth or maybe even another uh, planet. Jonathan, we're, we're coming up on the break. Okay. So uh, you're listening to the other side of midnight. Our guest is Jonathan Womack and we will be back in just a moment. As soon as I get my act together.
theothersideofmidnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and nonlinearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 a day. Talk radio with pictures on demand. The other side of midnight.com. The other side of midnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and nonlinearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 a day. Talk radio with pictures on demand. The other side of midnight.com. Welcome back to the other side of midnight. I'm Keith Morgan. I'm your host, uh, sitting in for Richard Hoagland. And Jonathan Womack is our guest, and he's teaching us about the demons and uh, demigods and dragons of Utah. And Jonathan, you want to pick up where you left off? Sure. Would you mind giving out the, the number in case um, anyone would like to call in with a question? Yeah. Okay. Let me see. <laughs> the number <laughs> is uh, 917-88. Oh, excuse me. I'm having a blind spot here. Uh, 889 889- Eight eight zero two. So it's nine one seven eight eight nine eight eight zero two, and uh, you can call in, and I will take your call, and then you can ask Jonathan questions. Right. Go ahead, Jonathan. All right, uh, item forty. I have a picture here of uh, from Superman the movie, and as you may recall. Uh, Kal-El puts the crystal in the little receptacle and then Jor-El appears and tells Kal-El who he is and uh, where he comes from and all this kind of thing. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, that reminds me very much of these chambers where they have these prism panels. It's an area on the wall. You enter a chamber and then it's a, a white. I mean, you even see this with, with tonight's banner, that animated banner I made for tonight's show. Um, you can see inside the dragon's eye on the back wall is a white splash. And that is the prism panel in, in that um, arch, in that aperture, in that prism. So you, you would walk in there. Um, that prism is seven feet tall. You walk in there. Uh, once you get inside, the ceiling's like 12 feet high. And, um, you know, everything's sculpted. You, you can kind of see inside there that it's, it's all sculpted. And um, so, yeah, there's a pattern. You, you go in. And they have these, it looks like the Fortress of Solitude kind of where it's almost like you, you should have a crystal and you would put it somewhere and then something's going to activate. Um, so let's go to 40, item 41. Um, if you make the picture bigger, um, this is very, I guess if I had one takeaway for tonight, I think this might be it. I, I made a video of this so you can see what's happening in the morning and at night where, you know, this is all dark. And, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people look at this and they go, this guy's crazy. This is just a bunch of erosion and there's nothing, you know, this is just silly. But, no, it's far from that. This is the most sophisticated technology on Earth. And so you're going to see the yellow mural that's on the left side here. Uh, in the morning, the first thing to light up is the, the Jor-El prism panel, which is in the center of this image. And at night, it's the opposite. That's the last, um, you know, it's just the reverse. When the sun comes up, the Jor-El prism panel lights up first, and then the, the yellow mural, and then at night, it's reversed. Um, but yeah, this is a, a process that's happening. The sun uh, triggers all this. The sun is powering this, the sunlight. So on number 41, Keith included a link to a video clip I made. So I hope everyone takes a few minutes to watch that. So you're going to see that it's dark and then the sun comes up. Uh, I do a few hours in <clears throat> Oh, the process, uh, when the blue hour, it, it, it is about an hour, and the, the golden hour at night, it's, it's about an hour and seven minutes. As, as far as, and at the beginning of the, the golden hour, you see the Jor-El um, prism panel start to light up, and then halfway through the golden hour, about 32 to 33 minutes in, it peaks, it gets the brightest, and then it starts dimming for the next half hour or next 32 minutes. The whole thing takes about an hour and seven minutes. And so if you watch that video, hopefully that I've done a good job there. I'm not doing any of this artwork any justice because it's, um, I feel like I'm very ill-equipped <laughs> to do this. But hopefully uh, some of this is getting through and, um, People will, will actually see this for themselves and that I'm, I'm not crazy. So let's go to number 42. 
Here we are inside a chamber over at, um, I, I've switched over now to Balanced, Art, uh, Balanced Rock Complex. Uh, it's about a mile and a half from the Park Avenue area, uh, the Tower of Babel, where we've been looking at. And this is uh, very close to the, it's called the Double Arch. And the Double Arch is something that Ingo Swan found on the moon, it looks just like double arch at the balanced rock complex. And uh, I think uh, the face on Mars, we're going to find that there is another, it's either the double arch or it's the delicate arch. I don't know which arch we're going to find, but we will find an arch inside the, uh, the face there on Mars. But um, here in, in this image, I drew a green circle around um, this. This area is about 25 feet wide and about 50 feet um, length. And it's about uh, 30 feet down. So, you know, you need some ropes to climb down in here. And it's all sculpted, of course, with their faces and, and all this. And below the green circle, you can see even there's a triangular you know kind of looks like a i'm not going to say a pyramid but you know this is all we're meant to recognize to to decode this it's not going to be that difficult because they want us to find all this they want us to unravel all this and um so i, I just drew a green circle around this prism panel and i'm not sure what we're supposed to do but I don't know if we put a crystal there in front of it or something like that. Let's go to number 43. Uh, just another shot of this. We're looking from another direction. And this chamber is also the shape of a Dogon head. Uh, number 44. You, oh, you can kind of see the shape of the head, really, the the shape of this head is looking uh, to the left, uh, and it's looking in an angle. It's not looking straight at us. It's kind of looking to the side, but, yeah, it's the head of a dragon. And I drew green circles around these two spots because, as you may recognize, that is very similar to the Tower of Babel chamber. And that bright yellow mural on the wall that I said was 11 feet wide, and it had that same trail. These are more vertical, uh, whereas in the Tower of Babel, it was, you know, kind of ran side to side. But, boy, doesn't that look, when you look at that closely, it's like, wow, that this is kind of the same writing, if you will. And... These two green circles, the green circle on the left, you want to notice where uh, at the top of that circle you have a white splotch. It looks like a number seven, and we're going to see that number seven in another chamber in Park Avenue that I'm going to get to in a few slides here. So let's move on. Number 45. Yeah, I just couldn't resist throwing this in there. This is <laughs> this is another area of the park, and um, some of these chambers that we're going to find in the coming years 
are massive. This one is 125 feet across. This isn't one of the massive ones, but this, this is a big one. I call it the ballroom. And it's all sculpted. And when the sun comes shining in through the aperture, it lights up. But that's how I find these things. You, you look down from the sky during the golden hour and you use the sundial tool to watch where you follow the light and it's going to hit these spots. And it, this is all planned out. And so you go look at this shiny rock spot and you look and oh my God, there's a chamber in there. And the, the Google Earth drone would have come in here and photographed all this and then made it into a mesh that you can now go in. And I, I figure Google is probably using their supercomputer to put all this together. And they they want to figure out, they've got a few guys at the DOD, um, Department of Defense, who are working on this because they've been, like I said before, pilfering this technology. They dug into the side of that mountain. And I, I the the railroad runs one mile through that mesa and it comes out the other side right next to uh, Corona Arch. And as I said in the previous show two weeks ago, we all know what happens when a train goes running down the tracks, the tracks resonate. And that resonance is affecting the Corona Arch complex and these inner chambers, and it's messing it up because it's all these chambers are fine-tuned. They're fine-tuned acoustically, and light, light wise, light waves, these are chambers are all tuned. So let's go to number 46. Now, here we are in a chamber inside uh, Park Avenue. And um, you have, I think you maybe see there under where it says six feet in, in yellow letters. Under there, you. It looks like a, a number one. And it reminded me of that number seven in the previous chamber. So they'll have uh, at least, now these are very low, not low resolution, it's low, low poly, they call it in 3D modeling. When you have a mesh that's made up, meshes are made up of uh, triangles. And when you have just a few triangles making up a mesh, it's a low resolution. When you have many little, little uh, triangles, you get a much higher resolution. So what we're looking at here is basically low resolution, but it's enough to see um, this prism panel. This is about 30 feet down. You would climb down through uh, some apertures. And it's about 700 feet you know, this Park Avenue end cap is where we're at. And so you climb down here and you're in this chamber here and you do something with this panel and then you can walk off to the right because there is a passageway that continues on into this chamber that's just off to the right out of frame. And I, I think I took a picture of that. Uh, number 40, well, 47, uh, we're looking just another look with uh, another light filter. 
And, um, you know, I run all the filters. You know, I use every filter in Premiere Pro, every algorithm, uh, so that you can see different things, different characteristics of the light that is coming down. The light is all being bent and channeled down into this. This is a deep chamber. <laughs> this is, um, most of the day, this is all dark, but in the morning and at night, it lights up. And yes, number 48, this isn't a very good picture, I know, because I, I when I took this, I had sent it to Kinthea, and I said, do you see anything here? Does this make any sense to you? And it really didn't. Um, but, you know, we're, we've taken the camera inside the Park Avenue end cap, and we're looking, the, the wall now of this mesh has become transparent so we can see into this sort of chamber area. And the lower left area, you can see the prism panel with the number one. And you would walk to the right. And I highlighted in purple, uh, that's a dragon, uh, dragon's face. I don't know who that dragon is off the top of my head, but I, I do recognize some of the dragons. Uh, but yeah, you would walk to the right and then you would walk up some kind of steps and then the passageway then continues on to the right. And uh, it cuts off there because I, I haven't been able to get the camera. It's tough to maneuver the camera inside these meshes. You really have to have a lot of patience. But, um, yeah, it's worth it because you can see where these Google Earth drones have gone inside the only way this is made is to have one of these drones has gone inside and filmed this. So there are passages all throughout Park Avenue. Um, <clears throat> this is just one of them. And I see the same patterns over and over again, where you have a prism panel. As you're supposed to do something there. And then there'll be a passageway that takes you further inside. Uh, so, and in the background of this, all the yellow part, that's all uh, Park Avenue and that's all sculpted. Kintia said, oh, it looks like it might be something. Yeah, every inch of that is all sculptures and faces and wonderful things. So let's move on to number 49. Okay, here uh, we're back. <clears throat> we're back at the Balanced Rock Complex. And this area of the complex I call home base because when Keith first showed his photos, vacation photos, and I saw Balanced Rock, I, I, I realized that was time for me that nobody else was going to do this. And I felt like I'm going I'm to be the guy, I guess, because I can't stand... I can't stand this, that these people did all this work and humans are pretty much oblivious to it. That That is heartbreaking to me and I, I just can't sleep at night. So I got to do something about it. Um, <clears throat> so I call this area of Balanced Rock home base because that's kind of where I started and just branched out from there looking at all this stuff. So here we are at home base 
And um, in kind of the middle area, you can see into this passageway. And uh, this, uh, you would have to climb up to this. It's hard to tell in this image, I know, but um, yeah, you'd have to climb up and then you'd reach this opening. And on the left of this opening, you can see that the sun has lit up the wall where it has, are those glyphs, uh, their shapes? It's lighting up parts of the wall. None of this is by accident. It lights up the floor as well, as you can see. And the right side of uh, this image is, again, we're, we're bumping against the wall, and the wall has become transparent, and we're seeing through a wall. And this is the same thing you get in video games. Like when you're playing a first-person video game and you're going through all these rooms and stuff, when you get up to a wall and you, you get too close to the wall, you notice that like you bounce into the wall the wall becomes transparent and you can see outside of the room you're in and same thing here we're looking on the right side we're looking outside of the mesh and you can see uh, another cliff wall where there's a hole you now it's an arch way and you have that golden yellow uh, shiny rock that they use on these archways and that is bending and brightening and uh, beam splitting and it's doing all these things with um, so let's go inside this passageway uh, the next shot is number 50 now I've taken the camera the Google Earth camera inside this chamber and we're looking back from the other way and now you can really see that the wall uh, where you enter, it would be on, on your left, it lights up these spots on the wall. And that is the, uh, the prism panel for this chamber, if you will. So they're, they're very different. Um, <clears throat> some are going to be the shape of the arches, like uh, the delicate arch I pointed out earlier. And then you have ones like this, which are kind of like a control panel where you would, you know, hit A, B, and C in sequence, and, and it would do something. It would initiate some kind of process, and some magical thing is going to happen. So let's go to the next image, 51. Uh, here we are. I've just backed up the camera. I've zoomed out again in this chamber. You can still see the entranceway in the distance. Uh, I guess that would be the top middle area. And on the left, I mean, you would walk through here. Um, that opening is uh, about eight feet high, so I, I call it human scaled. When when these apertures allow humans to walk through, you know, it's like they were done on purpose on, on a human scale. So you'd walk in here, and then you'd walk to the the left of this image, and you go up some steps, and you have the it, some lit areas again. 
So there's like another prism panel there just under the sun slider. Oh, you can see on the sun slider too, the date is, um, you can put in whatever date you want. So I'll put in dates for the spring uh, equinox or the summer solstice or the fall and winter alignments too. And um, this is going on every day, but those dates seem to have uh, a special alignment associated with them. So let's go to the next image, number 52. Oh, this looks like a, a previous item that we had already gone over, I think. So we could probably skip over this, I think. Yeah, we could skip over this. We already did that one. So let's go to number 53. And here we are looking west over, we're higher above uh, Arches Park. I, I don't see the elevation we're at. I got cut off at the bottom right of the screen, but we're about, uh, I'd say we're about three, four miles above Arches Park. And it probably doesn't look like anything to anybody uh, but if you spend enough time looking at this and, you know, it's, you know, it's this 3D art, um, it starts, yeah, it's just the coolest thing. Though. I love looking at this stuff during the golden hour and just as the sun has gone down below the horizon and, it, you know, it's kind of dark and purple. Um, that's a really good time to see a lot of this wonderful artwork. So let's um, go to 54. All right, now I've just zoomed out another couple of miles. Now Google Earth, and we've just got a wider shot now. And doesn't look like much, but, um, you know, I, I spotted the Yoda face. I'm like, uh, I mean, there's so much going on here. And these are hard to uh to paint because it's so layered and the faces are all overlapping and it, it's just so extreme it's it's hard you'd have to paint these things a hundred different ways to show everything that's going on in this uh beautiful artwork so if we go to 55 i tried my best to um okay i made an animated gif so that hopefully you can see better. Um, I, I highlight the Yoda face. <clears throat> I think it's actually Queen Hera. She has these ears. I mean, she does look like Yoda. <laughs> but um, it's Queen Hera. You see her a lot. She's a main character. At the bottom, you got Slinky in the sort of light green colored area. And... Um, just uh, boy, it's hard to paint this, but it's all beautiful faces of these characters, and these people are all we should we should be honoring these people because uh, this the sculpting is just you know they go around making intelligent planets. I mean, our planet Earth is conscious; it has awareness and it thinks. So does Mars, and all of the rock planets. I would say, and uh, who was it that? Um, said that the planets actually hold conscious, you know, beings and stuff. I forget who was the first person to come out with that. Uh, Jonathan. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. We're about the 
30 seconds okay. out from uh, top of the I mean bottom of the R, excuse me. Cool. All right. So we'll, we'll pick up where you left off, and uh, you're listening to the other side of midnight. Um, my guess is Jonathan Womack. I'm Keith Morgan. I am your host, sitting in for Richard Hoagland. I usually do his engineering, so. Uh, I will be back right after this break, okay? Midnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hoagland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Search the archives. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. The other side of midnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hoagland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month. 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. the other side of midnight and uh, Jonathan's been taking us through some really interesting things that uh, I still think George Lucas actually got his inspiration from Utah um, there's a there's a picture I took this uh, uh, actually 
there's an image that Jonathan zoomed in on, and it looks like a lady sitting on a wall, and next to her is one of the, was it, uh, not the Ewoks, it was the uh, little Javas, the Jawas that was um, sitting, standing next to her with the hood over his head and everything, and I'm like, that's crazy. And then there's the uh, other image that looks like the uh, the uh, the big pigs with the the tusks. Uh, I forgot what they're called. And there's an image of them, and there's a whole bunch of other little tidbits in there, like a Jedi Knight with a hood over his head. And uh, I'm wondering if he got his uh, inspiration from Utah. And he just saw all of this stuff, and he put together Star Wars behind it. Anyway, uh, let me get back to Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan, you want to pick up where you left off? Yeah, Luke grew up on Tatooine, which looks like, you know, Arches Park. Um, yeah, I thought the same thing. I, I've seen these Jedi-looking characters, humanoid kind of Jedis, and uh, I just wondered if George Lucas got his inspiration, too, and you know, the, the delicate arch has a couple of sister arches. Um, one is over, uh, I think it's in California. It's called the, Can- what is it, the Canyon of Fire or something. Um, it's where they filmed the scene for where Captain Kirk dies in the movie Star Trek Generations. And um, <clears throat> there's another one in Saudi Arabia. So... I I wondered the same thing. I'm like, is is George Lucas just going around and he's seeing these ruins and it's giving him this kind of inspiration? So that's a a real possibility. Um, So in number 56, indeed. So I I do see this character, uh, really regular, uh, Queen Hera or whoever. She has these ears and um, she's also on the, the Hera mural big and proud, which is on the right side of this image, just out of frame. But um, I have painted the, the mural. I've painted this. This is a stretch of uh, Park Avenue. Um, this is the Nefertiti head. And I don't know if you can see it. Well, yes, I, that's right. I wanted to point out here, Keith, you know, the probably the first thing you pointed out was that Nefertiti head. You took a picture, you're in Park Ave there. You say, oh, it looks like Nefertiti. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know if you see it here clearly, but it's just, um, if you look at the highlighted Yoda figure, you would just go to the right of that a tad and then go up a bit. You can see a bright, there's a little splash of yellow-orange color because the sun What's happening here is the sun, we're, we're at the spring uh, equinox, and the sun is going down behind Park Avenue. And the Nefertiti head, uh, this is right, the sun is almost about to disappear. So as you can see, it's catching the edge of the Nefertiti. I don't know if you can see it, but hopefully you can. <laughs> It's just catching it. The light is catching the the edge of that head. And what you don't see in this picture, I'm going to go into more detail um, in Archers of the Gods. 
there's an archway uh, just behind this this part, uh, you know, a few hundred feet behind us. Nobody talks about. It. I don't even know if there's a name for that arch. Nobody. I, I've never seen anybody mention it or. But um, yeah, it's part of this light play, this technology that is taking place, and all this light is going around, and somehow it's key to the consciousness of the earth it's like some kind of technology that can create a conscious entity that inhabits the the planet instead of a body but uh, yeah really cool i painted all this area uh, it's uh, wonderful faces you know if, if it it probably would help people if if you want to go look at this stuff yourself looking at this picture uh, one way to, to do that is look at the, the top row because this is always the, the crowns and the headdresses. And, and if you look at the, the crowns, it helps you to pick out the faces. So um, in another show, I will paint this and maybe do an animation where the sun, you can see the sun coming down and then you're going to see the shadow play and all these faces. You know, there's nothing there. <clears throat> a very cool thing they do is they they'll carve a concave section of a cliff wall. So it looks like it's this kind of round cave. But as the sun goes by, it creates this illusion where all of a sudden that concave area looks like it's convex, and, and then there's this illusion of a face. And it's the same thing with the face on Mars. So the sun moves some more and then the illusion disappears and now it's back to being a concave um, sculpture. So it's really cool. Whenever I see these concave areas, I know that the sun's going to go by there at some point during the day and create the illusion of a face sticking out. You'd swear there was a face sticking out from the rock, uh, but no. It's not. It's an illusion. So let's. Uh, we got a few more slides here. Uh, doing very good, I think. One time. Let's see. Canyonlands. Okay, number fifty-seven. I just had to paint some of this stuff. It's again. This is after the sun has just gone down. You know, I follow the light, like I said, because I believe that also the stars and the constellations are represented on the ground somehow and when the sun's going down um we're seeing that and even if you were standing like you and your wife keith you're at park ave if the sun had gone down and i you would have seen particular constellations come up behind the nefertiti head for example like orion would be up in the sky behind her head or it's this kind of thing going on this is all part of the magic. Uh, 58, um, I've enhanced. And again, these are hard to um, sort of outline uh, because there's just so many faces and overlapping scenes. Um, but the longer you look at this image, the more you're going to see. The more is going, the more faces will pop out. Uh, the Dogon faces um i've come to know some of these faces and just 
you start spotting them right off the bat. Okay, there's Slinky, and here's Queen Hera, and this dragon is breathing some breath to create this. And so it really starts, it's like a puzzle, and it, it starts coming together. And I don't know if this looks like anything to anybody else, but um, yeah, this is just the most amazing artwork. And in, in item 59, here I use the exclusion filter again to show us the brightest and darkest areas. And I think this is a way to see we're looking at, you know, some nebula or some important, because I think the nebulas and everything are, is, is artwork too. Um, so there's something going on here where at, the summer solstice or the, the, the fall equinox or whatever, part of the sky, the, the Milky Way in the galaxy, because remember, the, the galaxy is their, their home. They're spread out over a swath of the galaxy, and they're going to incorporate that into this story that they've left for us. Uh, at least this is my impression. And we're seeing constellations uh, depicted on the ground uh, when the sun goes down in these moments it lights up uh, places on the ground and I, I haven't quite figured I'm not a constellation guy but um, I think that's all going on and it's part of it so um, here my last slide <clears throat> Well, one thing I wanted to mention, I, first I had, had a couple slides here for my ending, and I, I had Keith change it, but I'm going to talk about it in Arches of the God, where um, I was watching the movie about Moses. It's called, um, I, I saw it on HBO Max, it's called Exodus, Gods and Kings. It's a Ridley Scott film, incredible movie, I highly recommend it. It's a retelling of the Moses story that we've all probably seen, the Ten Commandments. Um, I was watching that movie, and it's filmed over there in Mount Sinai and all that where, where that took place. And I was just astonished that there's all these what seemed to me, you know, obvious ruins and all these sculptures, you know, 700-foot-tall bust of some guy. Um and then Moses is on the Mount, Mount Sinai talking to a rock that it looks kind of like a, a lamp table. And he's talking to this rock. And I, I'm thinking there's, you know, the same thing. They got all this light play going on. This area is conscious. It has consciousness. It has awareness. And he's talking to the spirit of the mountain. It's literally this consciousness. And I, I could... I can believe some of these crazy things that they, they say in the story in the Bible where the, the huge, you know, like the Red Sea comes in and, you know, they had these uh, plagues. And so if you had this conscious being that inhabits these mountains and there would be some, you know, uh, somebody with some psychic uh, capacity could communicate with this entity so, and I think that's where the story of Moses comes from that's an example of that and we have the same thing in Arches Park so 
anybody out there, if you're psychic and you go to Arches Park, yeah, just let it loose. Just You're going to pick up on thoughts, and these are going to be emanating from the rocks, and uh, it's it might seem unbelievable, but it, it, this is all real. Uh, and in my so my last slide here is uh, just to tease the Arches of the God show. Um, so I'm showing here that when you use the Google Earth camera and you look through, what I did is I uh, looked through the delicate arch as if you were standing there in front of it, uh, looking straight on. And then I, I made like a green screen <clears throat> uh, fitting of the inner perimeter there. And then I, I took that um, form and I, I could see on the, the back wall of the the cliffs behind it there that I I circle in red. And I put it on. It just, it all matches up perfectly. It's just like uh, back for the October 9th show when I looked through the sacred apertures and I saw the <clears throat> Hera's face. It, it just matched perfectly with her face. So same thing here. This matches perfectly um, with, this is Hera's, it's, it's her family. And um, I can go into this into to more detail. Is that two but, faces, one back to back, oh, one to the well, right, one to the left? Well, what they do, you'll have what's the biggie? There's one big face, but then it's made up of yes. There's a face on the left, a face on the right. I I like the face on the right. I I've added some uh, red. Uh, I, well, I'm not adding anything. I shouldn't say that, but. Um, I'm highlighting it so that you can see the faces and the, you always have the families will always have the kid like the heir to the throne. Um, you pointed that out at Park Avenue, Keith, where you said, I, I forget what you call it, but that is, uh, what did you call that? But yeah, that's the head of their kid. And you see that the kid is all, there, there's many thousands of the oldest son. And I don't know if you see that here or not, but yeah, you've got the kid there, <clears throat> his head, and the parents, and you, you have, you'll have a daughter. Um, you see some of the shadow art. Because um, as the sun moves across the sky, you have different shadow faces displayed on the cliffs um, so uh, I will go into detail on this for the, the next show I'm going to show you some of the most amazing things because one reason this has not been uncovered before is because we did not have Google Earth um, we didn't have drones because you, you need to get out into the open air there, like with a helicopter or something, you know, to see this stuff. So for example, if you go in a helicopter and you look from the opposite direction through delicate arch that we're looking through it here, sure enough, it lines up with another feature uh, that is out of frame here, but, um, yeah, it lines up perfectly, and it's this thing with another 
symbol that it, it looks just it's another um prism panel like in the chambers and what i'm working on now specifically is trying to decipher these symbols and these prism panels because they these are not random like like i said i'm looking at mars you know mars is all has all the glyphs all over the the cliffs and everything and so i'm just by osmosis trying to get uh, a grasp of these symbols and figure out what the heck they mean so that i mean that's going to really open up a lot of this and it's going to tell us so much more once we uh decode the the language so with that um, we have 10 minutes left so keith what do you uh, what would you like to add well <laughs> i like number i like 60 because when when it pans over and that goes into place i can see the two faces back to back to each other yeah. um of course, when you get closer to, with your red highlighting on it, 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 the face in the back kind of disappears. But even when you're looking at it before you pan over and look through the arch, you can see the face in the back. Uh, yeah. And and the one in the front to the left, that it looks Egyptian. I mean, it yeah. clearly looks Egyptian. Yep. And if you notice another thing... Um, both faces they have the a crown and then they there's a another crown over their head so they both share they both have their own individual crown on their head but then there's a third crown over that and that to me is their crown chakra and so what happens when you move the sun slider from left to right um See on this one, I uh, where it okay. It's the summer solstice, and um, as you move, you see that the inner perimeter of delicate arch, you know, it's lined with this shiny, reflective rock, and it catches the light, and it lights up. You see it getting brighter and brighter and brighter, and then if if you do it kind of fast, you see it flashes at the very top. Of delicate art there's a notch there's a notch right there at the top and that notch is capturing the sun at this particular moment on the summer solstice and you get this flash of light and it lights crown that these two faces share and the light spills down the the cliff wall I mean, it's the coolest thing. I I will make an animation of that uh, for the, the show, so you can see how the sun is coming by and it's lighting up the inside of the archway, and you're looking through it across the way at these faces, and then you see it, and it goes flat. So there's some kind of magical technology thing going on. And it's doing something to that cliff wall. Um, so I'm guessing there's a chamber inside there and it's charging that chamber or it's something like that. And, and like you said, when you get closer, you lose the face. So you want to be a certain distance 
to see these things. I, I use my Star Trek 3D poster as an example where I got that years ago and I had it for several years. I never saw the 3D. And finally, one day I was just standing far enough away from it. And I don't know, the sun was coming through the window at the right or whatever it was. And all of a sudden I saw the 3D and, you know, it shows these Romulan ships and it looks like you could stick your hand right into the, the picture like it's three. So same thing here. You want to be the, the right distance from it. You either got to back up or get a little closer and, and it's that kind of thing. Yeah. We got about six minutes before we're in the show here, but, um, yeah, I I can definitely see that is like one of the best examples of what's going on, what we're looking at. With the, oh, good. Yeah. Uh, you can clearly see the two faces, and I have no idea why nobody's picked this stuff up in all these years. Um, it's it's right in front of us. It's right there in front of everybody. But there. Yeah. Here, here's another thing. Um, the shape the inner shape of the arch. When you zoom out and up from here, so you're going to look directly down on this area, the delicate arch complex. Well, wouldn't you know, it's the shape of the arch, that inner shape. Hmm. Yes. The, the whole complex is in the shape of that. Uh, and I will show that next time. And it matches perfectly. Like I said, I made a template of the inner perimeter of the delicate arch. And I've just become very familiar with that shape. And I recognize it. So when I, I'm looking down at the area and I just, it hit me. Like, oh my God, that's, <laughs> that's the shape. It's the, and it's their family. And this is all over. This is all other planets. And, you know, alien. this is a recognized, uh, what do you, coat of arms or whatever you want to call it. This is known by people throughout the galaxy. And it, it's time we recognize this, too. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there's so much in this area. And they keep dismissing it as just natural, 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 and it's it's not. So I'm trying to figure out why people would be hiding something like this. You know, after I introduced the Badlands Guardian to ancient aliens, and Travis Taylor and David Hatteras, Hatteras is going, oh, I think that's just a natural formation. And then Travis said, I think you can curve anything, He's talking about the Morgan curve. And then they do season 14, episode two, and it's all about the Badlands Guardian. And they have uh, George Haas, uh, who's been working with the Badlands Guardian since like 2010. And mm. Dr. Mark Carlotto, who uh, did the uh, 3D imaging of the face. And it's concave, not convex, because it's dug into the ground. And it's huge. And... And then they do a 180-degree flip on this, on the show. <laughs> and and uh, Hatcher says, oh, yeah, I think that's a, I think this is artificial. This is this is definitely created. And I'm like, well, that's not what you said at the, uh, the alien con when I showed it to you. 
I Eric Von Danigan, when I when I showed him the Badlands Guardian, he goes, "There is this, there is this." Because <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> right. a, a lot of people don't see this, get the chance to see this stuff, and, and unless you put it in front of them and and point it out, you don't have to really point it out. Uh, like when I I was talking about the owl up on the little ledge in the area where the uh, the monolith was, mm-hmm. uh, I showed that to, to this lady. She says, oh, I see an owl. It's sitting here on this. Lit. Yeah. And they can see it because it's, it doesn't belong there. And all the other stuff doesn't belong there. But um, yeah, it, in this case, looking at a big area like this is, is definitely hard to see what's there because you don't get an aerial view like right. every day. Yes. But the number 60, that's, I, I'm like, yeah, this is what this is all about. And that arch is not natural. That was definitely oh. designed that way. No. Uh, what I don't show here is um, I, I'm calling him Dr. Strange, <clears throat> but he seems to be the arch guy. And he's big as day on this arch. I, I will outline him for the next show. And uh, he's he's over at um, Park Avenue. We see him. So this this is a very important scientist kind of guy. Okay, yeah. John. Uh, we're out of time. Uh, I'd like to thank our guest, uh, Jonathan Womack. And uh, you've been listening to The Other Side of Midnight. And tune in next week. Or actually, tune in tomorrow. I forgot. Uh, they're going to be doing a, uh, Richard's going to be hosting and he's going to be doing his thing on the, oh gosh, oh, the moon. So, see you then. <laughs>